Relationships rule. That's my motto. I'm Janice Porter, and I love to share the power of relationship marketing to help grow and impact business. I've grown my business by building and nurturing relationships, and I'd like to help you do the same. Welcome to the Relationships Rule podcast, where connection means everything. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Relationships Rule. My guest this week is Jeanette Anderson, and there's one word to describe Jeanette and her business, and that is bodacious. I couldn't even get it right the first time. Bodacious. I love that word. And first of all, welcome to the show, Jeanette. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. Well, I'd love for you to share with my audience your how you got here, your story, and what that's all about, bodacious. Oh, well, that is a audacity. That's a big, long story. Oh, I got, I am 63. So, you know, it's a long story. Um, so I, um, well, I'll actually tell you where Bodacity came from because it's kind of a story. I've been uh, coaching and facilitating personal development workshops and uh, teaching coaching certification programs, doing business startup and turnaround for the better part of 40 years. And love, love, love what I do. Still stupidly in love with supporting entrepreneurs in really getting the value they provide and how to live their purpose so that they can profit themselves and other people from it. And I've been doing that in various iterations because um, every once in a while I forget and I go back into corporate. I go <laughs> benefits and quote unquote security. And I'm there for about two to maximum two and a half years. And then I go, nope, I remember why I hate this. Politics and bureaucracy and BS, oh my. And so I leave and go back and start my business again. <clears throat> I was permanently cured of that in 2001. And will never again stray away from my first, last, and only love of entrepreneurship. Um, and so about 10 years ago, I was uh, doing a meditation and I got this download. And I wrote out 11 pages in my journal. This was something quite unusual. And it was all about this word bodacity, which had not been kind of much of a word in my vocabulary before. And it was about a, a mindset and a community and a global movement. And the mission statement was shifting is shifting the world from fear to love, one happy and empowered woman at a time. And I thought, wow, that's, that's all very inspiring. And I read the 11 pages that I wrote. And I literally closed the book, Janice, and I said, I don't know who you're talking to, universe, but this is not for me. <laughs> Go away. <clears throat> and then I spent about eight years, because I'm kind of a stubborn Aries, I spent about eight years in rebellion going, no, but but and I, I don't even really like women. This is not for me. And then I'd get the call again, and I'd be like, ah, oh, but there's so many women's group. It's so been done. You know, yeah. back there was four. Now there's four million, right? Yeah. And then I get the call and I'd be like, but I'm not even really the right leader. Why are you talking to me? Go away. Anyway, this resistance and rebellion went on. I mean, I kind of did it, but I kind of dabbled and I kind of stuck my toe in, but I didn't really, you know, commit. And so finally, after getting the call again and again and again, I very graciously surrendered and said, fine, just off, leave me alone. I'll do it. And stepped in. That's my version of gracious surrender is and stepped in. And then I said, once I went all in. Then, of course, I understood why women, why now, and why me. Because until we commit fully, we don't really get all the clarity that we want. Mm -hmm. So it actually takes that leap of faith to go all in, to commit to something before it becomes fully embodied and realized. And so <clears throat> I started 
um, really going all in on bodacity, on this mindset and community and movement. And really, it is about shifting not just <clears throat> individual women's experience of being able to, you know, express their purpose and make a contribution, but also how do we profit ourselves and others from that? How do we how do we make that practically something where women are empowered with economic um, control and freedom as well? And how do we shift how we do business as a result so that as business goes, so does the rest of the world. So how do we shift how we do everything? Okay. You know, I'm basically just up to reinventing the patriarchy, which I think is a system that doesn't work for anyone, including old white men. So that's pretty much my not so hidden agenda. And the route to doing that is to get a whole bunch more women happier, more empowered and richer. Because rich women will, you know, the Dalai Lama said, no, Gandhi, someone wise, some old wise guy um, said, uh, Western women will change the world. I think it was Gandhi. <laughs> and, and the Duchess of Windsor said, the, the former Duchess of Windsor said, you can never be too thin or too rich. Yes, exactly. And I think, obviously different purpose, but I love that quote anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that, that women will change the world. The only reason he said Western is because I think we have more of a voice. But mm -hmm. I, I don't actually believe that anymore. I think it's wealthy women will change the world because we then have the means to create mm -hmm profits to create social change to create you know well-being in our families and our communities and so forth and so on so that's a little bit about how bodacity came about and um how i got to this point that i'm at that's little. awesome so um and i think i love you know it's funny i i never was clear on are women my audience or men my audience? That was never it for me. It was always about whether um, uh, they were heart-centered, they were relationship people, because that's who I can relate to the yeah. best. And um, and so as soon as I say, oh, it's women who are speakers and coaches and consultants, then I get all men clients. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way for me. But anyway, um, so yes, it just the connection for me is what makes the difference. And and, and you and I actually have met twice, right? We've come back around again and we connected the first time. I, I don't know what happened, but we we had that connection because I was very intrigued by your lifestyle, by the fact that you, I call you a nomad, but I'm not sure if that's what you would call yourself, but um, that interesting, I don't know if you go as far as that interesting movie that I saw, Nomadland, but. Um, I actually, I meant to watch that and I haven't seen it yet. I read it now, so I go see it. Um, McDormand is amazing in that movie. Yeah. Um, no, I call myself polyhomerous. Oh. <laughs> Uh, you say homeless, but that distressed people. Yeah. I say polyhomerous, and I either get someone laughing or they tip their head because they think maybe I'm really kinky or something. I'm not quite sure. But um, um, so yeah, I I live a completely digital lifestyle. I have for about eight years now. I sold my house and everything I own in 2016, uh, mostly because I was really tired of hearing myself whine about winter, and um, I. Well, my friends were tired of it because I'm pathologically allergic to winter. Huh? So, uh, and because... Oh, wait, aren't you in Calgary? 
Yes, I am. What are you doing there now? Winter's coming. I know. I know. The snow all melted today because it has been snowing for the last little while. Um, so it's like, okay, that's more like it. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be here till January and there will be a fair amount of swearing between now and when I leave, I can tell you that. Oh, that's so fun. So you, um, I know are, um, very, um, involved in your clients, um, in, in moving your clients forward and making sure that they know their why and knowing their purpose and what their, um, what their next steps are. So you are hands-on, very hands-on, I think with your clients, right. And your target audience, I believe has shifted. Yes. Yes. Well, it's kind of expanded and narrowed. So basically, uh, so I was predominantly working with women entrepreneurs, um, who were uh, ready to turn their purpose into profit. Um, I'm known as the why whisperer because I really think that the first step in a process is knowing uh, what your purpose is and how do you live into that practically speaking. But in our world, <clears throat> people buy why you do what you do, not what you do. At the quote from my friend of the mind, Simon Sinek. And I that's certainly my experience these days is that, and by these days, I mean the past almost decade, is that people are really um, more, they want to resonate with people. They want to make sure that there's an affinity. And there is so much noise and competition. Now that we are truly in a global market, mm-hmm. COVID made us completely 100% a global marketplace. So no matter what you do, you are competing with everyone else in the world. There's very few things that you can name that they only have a geographic comp- you know, competitor or something like that. And so how do we stand out on all that noise? And the only thing that is truly unique that doesn't take us into the realm of commodity is our why, why we do what we do. That, And so my definition of that is what we're healing from the past and what we long for for the future. Our why is the intersection of that, what we're healing from the past and what we long for for the future, for ourselves and others. And that's, uh, I think, a thread that weaves through the tapestry of our life. It's consistent and how we express it changes from time to time. That's our stand, our way of living into it. That changes in terms of format, but but what why we do what we do is consistent. And so <clears throat> my why is that I want you to get that you matter and live like you do. Mm-hmm. Why is that so important to me? Because I always wanted to get that I mattered. I grew up with lots of chaos and, mm-hmm. and craziness and violence and addictions and so forth. And so... I just wanted to get on the list, never mind the top of the list. I just wanted to get on the damn list and, and always felt like I didn't matter. Like everything else, my mom's addictions, et cetera, came first. So that's what I kind of see in the world. We all have our way of seeing and what we care about. That's mine, but it's not just about getting that you matter. It's about living into that. I'm really a lot about how do we, how do we, make the difference you know how do you be the difference that only you can be and so that's um the the key behind the why then you were talking about the helping people with what stages they're at and the real practical stuff one of the things that i think that 
I have a whole long rant about the gurus on the top of the mountain, but the short version is I think there's a lot of people who are getting stuck, not getting the momentum they want in their business because they're doing tactics and strategies from stages ahead of where they're at in their business. Mm -hmm. They're trying to do those top of the mountain things. They've been sold and they don't have the list of 40 or 50,000 or the influence or the cash flow or the team or the infrastructure to make them work. And then they feel like it's their fault. It's not, it's that it's the wrong thing for them mm-hmm. or the wrong thing at the wrong stage. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I want people to do is to get back to what stage are you at, what works at that stage and what doesn't for you. No cookie cutters. Cookie cutters are for cookies, not for business models um, or approaches to your business. So I, I, that's the second piece is you got to know why you do what you do because you want to be purpose led in in nowadays because we got to get out of bed in the morning and it's not always easy as an entrepreneur. Then you got to know where you're at and what works there and what works for you and be doing that instead of all of the stuff you're told that you got to do and have and all well, that. Well, there's so much distraction, right? There's so many uh, things thrown out every day. I mean, I, I have one conversation with somebody new and now I've got five new things that I'd never heard of before. And, and I squirrel, you know, because yeah. I think I'm missing something, but um, FOMO is a big alive. And well. Oh, totally. It totally is. And, and I think that, I don't know, does that happen because we're not secure in our plan or our purpose? I don't know. Or is it just because I'm a curious person, which I am? you know? Yeah. I think it's some of both. Some of it is, you know, like there's, you're an avid learner and always will be. It's part of why you're so young at heart is because you're curious about life and you're always wanting to learn and try new things. And that does keep us young and vital, right? Uh, It's why there are so many maturepreneurs coming into the market, which I'll talk about in a second. But I think that that, 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 Mm, squirrel moment is sometimes a distraction because we totally have all sorts of limiting beliefs come up around success and that can be a really good way to keep us out of the game and keep us safe Uh, sometimes it is because the authorities the gurus on the top of the mountain are telling us that you must have this or you have to go this route and in the absence of our own belief in our own authority and knowing we abdicate to those who seem certain confidence will trump competence every time. Yes. And so um, if we're not feeling solid and competent and confident, then their confidence will outweigh what we know. And the third thing is sometimes those are good suggestions. It just may not be the right timing or might not be the right suggestion for you, or it might be, but you got to be, be, have it be a piece of the puzzle. What I find is people keep buying all these puzzle pieces, but they don't have the picture on the front of their box, yeah. right? So they don't know how to put them together. They don't know what picture they're trying to make. So it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, I advocate if you've got a really clear picture of what you're building and why it matters, mm-hmm. then it's easier to know which pieces you need to make it fit. If you've been listening to me for a while, you probably know that I love to talk about LinkedIn. So now I'm curious, are you ready to take your LinkedIn to the next level? Because if you are, I've got the perfect opportunity for you. As a valued podcast listener, I'm offering you a one month free trial to the LinkedIn Advantage program. 
It's your chance to join the community of like-minded professionals and immerse yourself in a space designed for learning, networking, and growing your business, and a lot of LinkedIn as well. Don't miss out. If you're ready to go from listener to participant, take advantage of this free trial by visiting podcastadvantage.janisporter.com today. That's podcastadvantage.janisporter.com. Join us and we'll see you in the group. You think of another a completely irrelevant piece, but I have to tell you this because I took my granddaughter to the library a week or so ago. She's four. And she, we saw some jigsaw puzzles and she loves doing jigsaw puzzles. And she saw, let's get this one, grandma. Well, it's got a thousand pieces. I think that's a bit big. But anyway, we found one with, I think, 200 pieces. And she's pretty good at these things. Anyway, it said on the front of the box, three pieces missing. Oh, in the library, right? So, right. So I said, oh, look, there's three pieces missing in this puzzle, Amar. And she said, she couldn't quite get why. But anyway, so I said, that's okay. We know that now. So we'll take this puzzle. And she then called me a couple of days later and said, Grandma, I did the puzzle, but there's only one piece missing and we can't find it. <laughs> it's so cute, right? Oh, but that's so pretty, Wow, that's pretty smart at that age to be able to do that. That's, yes. that's really clever. It was very cool. Anyway, yeah. thing about missing pieces. And, and, yes. and so we don't know what we don't know. But exactly. yeah, so um, so. You didn't come to the point where, yes, you were. Yeah. So you asked me about my market had shifted and, and I'll tell you the story that created this shift in my business. Cause almost always shifts in our business come from a story. Um, so I was aboard the marketers cruise, which is a trip where a bunch of people who are in our business go on a cruise and network and joint venture and so forth. Fantastic. And I think it was my first or second one. I can't remember. And um, uh, there's a thing called Pizza and Profits late at night where you're networking up on the Lido deck. And I was talking to a group of, of uh, three guys and one guy asked me, what do you do? And I was mid-sentence in describing what I do and answering him. And he turned and started talking to someone else. And I thought, well, that was kind of rude. And I just kind of wrote it off as he's a rude guy. So not long later, I left that group, went and joined another group. And it was five people. And the guy asked me, what do I do? And I'm mid-sentence describing what I do. And he turns and starts talking to someone else. And I think, Okay, wait a minute. One, he's a dick. Two, this is a trend. Maybe it's me. Uh -huh. Am I not showing up? Am I not? Am I being invisible? You know, because sometimes as women, we can turn our light down and so forth. And and so I checked in. It's like, no, that's not it. I'm not typically an invisible person. I mean, I have blue hair and yeah, wear purple. Right. And, and so I tend to stand out. But um, so I'm like, no, that's not it. I'm not, you know, shrinking here. So I just kind of got curious and observed. And what I noticed on that cruise, Janice, is every single gray-haired woman was completely ignored. Every woman over a certain age, let's say 55, 60, was completely ignored. And what I mean ignored, I mean, I was at a table of eight and there was two women down at the other end who were older and no one talked to them through the whole meal <laughs> at all. And, and like, I was literally way down the table. And at one point I turned and interrupted everyone. And I said, how are you two doing? 
And, and, and everybody kind of got the point. Uh, and so people talked to them for a couple minutes and then that was it. And they were ignored for the rest of the meal. Wow. And so I started watching and it was actually uh, systemic. And I started talking to a couple of them about their experience. Um, and I, it was, it was kind of funny because, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't have an awareness around something beyond notional until we experience it. And then we get, oh my goodness, this is a thing, right? That's why people can't experience or can't under, you know, why people who are not, um, uh, colored don't understand the experience of being a colored human being, right? Like it's just not in our, in our experience space. And so I didn't know ageism was a thing beyond notional until I experienced it. And then I was like, oh, well, this is not okay. Like, especially when you combine this with sexism, this sucks. So I had a chat with the organizers and told them some ways that they could work on reducing that and how they could shift their consciousness. Cause I think consciousness comes from the top. Uh, they of course said, no, it's not an issue. And I said, yeah, go talk to these people. Now, actually on the cruise, it has shifted. Uh, last time there was probably, the first time there was maybe maybe 10 women that were older, maybe eight, somewhere in there. Last time, last cruise, there was about 30 of us. Um, and that is reflective of the shift in the demographics. Mm -hmm. There are millions of people who are 55 plus, <clears throat> boomers basically, that are coming into entrepreneurship for two reasons. One, they don't want to retire. So hashtag not done by a long shot, or they can't afford to retire because the reality is we now have potentially 50, 40 more years to live. Exactly. You know, when you used to retire at 65, you maybe had another decade at best. Mm -hmm. Now uh, we got 40, maybe 50 years in the, and within the decade, it'll be more than 50 years still to go. So they can't retire. They don't want to spend that much time knitting or golfing or whatever. Um, and so <clears throat> they've got more in them. Mm -hmm. So I've really shifted partially because of my experience and based on it, our demographic often mirrors us, but also because like there's a tremendous opportunity here and a tremendous need. Good luck trying to get funding or insurance or uh, a loan or a venture capital if you are, you know, older because, oh, well, you're just going to quit or you don't want to whatever. And it's so, we really have to shift the perception of, aging and the revolution that's coming around about that but also there are literally going to be millions of people coming into the entrepreneurial marketplace who don't have that background and experience who are largely coming from employment right don't have training in that realm but who have a lot to offer mm -hmm. and don't know how to turn their wisdom into wealth so that's what i'm really focusing on now is how do we really support their contribution so they can still be a change agent in the world and you know there's just too many people who are too inspired to retire and so they are my people love it totally love it of course because i feel as i feel you <laughs> yeah well you are the poster child for this right yeah. So that's so cool. Um, and I, you know, I, I've never thought about it. Like, um, I, I kind of weave amongst the, the different generations and try to adapt accordingly, but yeah. it's getting harder to do that as I get older. And now I have to embrace it from a different angle, so to speak. I don't know, but you know, I've always been service-based. So, um, it's, uh, and I love, 
you know, something you said at the beginning, which I've always believed is that we're selling ourselves really. It's not what we do. It's, it's, it's how we do it. It's who we are. And it's that trust that we're building with people that will, um, um, have them choose us, you know, in that respect, this is so fun. Um, um, so I, I want to ask you though, what do you think as you work with, as you call them maturepreneurs, which I love the term, um, what are the, the three top things that they need to, you know, either be aware of or the mistakes that they make when they're going into business for themselves? Well, <clears throat> that's a great question. And there's a bunch of them that I could name, but here's the things that I think are probably top. One is they need to know that just like um, anybody who's learning a new skill set, they need to go to school for it um, in some way, shape, or form. They come with all of this experience and expertise, but they don't know how to be an entrepreneur. So they may know how to solve problems and be a consultant, or they may know how to be a cabinet builder and build cabinets. But just like every entrepreneur, knowing how to do the thing is not the same as knowing how to run a business, successful business. So they need to learn entrepreneurship and the business side of things, particularly if they came out of an employee mindset, mm -hmm. because um, I don't care how entrepreneurial they thought they were in a corporation, they weren't. And there are elements of risk-taking and dealing with change in a different way and personal accountability and a variety of mindset shifts that need to happen mm -hmm. to have them be in a frame of reference to be a successful entrepreneur. So they ideally should work with someone that can, A, knows that and can help them navigate through some of those shifts. Now, for some, they don't have to shift much at all. They have that kind of entrepreneurial orientation. They might have good business experience. Chances are, if they came from a corporate background, they don't, they may think they do. Many business books are basically taking corporate information and downsizing it, but that is not good entrepreneurial wisdom because um, it doesn't work. It doesn't translate. It's like taking, you know, something designed for a little person and just making it bigger. Chances are good it doesn't look good on a big person because it's not designed for them, right? Um, so... Number one, learn how to be an entrepreneur. And this advice goes for anybody of any age, but it's particularly critical for um, people who are in the wisdom workforce. And learn it fast because you do have a less um, long way to create the results that you want. Two is understand and own your value in, and this again goes for every entrepreneur, but both your intrinsic value, but the value that you provide. And that's where you also may need some help with translating that because the value you provide is not the process that you used to do. Many people, especially coming out of employment, think of the, the process that they do, the work that they do as being the contribution. And that's what they got paid for. Show up for work every day and do these tasks. Here, they're getting paid for the outcomes. They're not getting paid for the process. No one cares how you get them there. They are getting paid for the outcome or the benefit on the other end. So they have to learn how to market that, position that, and think differently. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge, I think. And, and then the third thing is um, they need to figure out, like every entrepreneur, their positioning, but they need to take into account their unique thing that they bring. So you just mentioned, for example, that you often weave between various different ages. Here's, here's the thing. 
most entrepreneurs don't have an added layer of um, a particular perception to overcome that we have. And that is we get thought of as obsolete. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are, how progressive you are, et cetera, in our culture, in our society. If you're older, you're considered obsolete not with the times, not tech savvy, not current. And so we may get granted with having wisdom and experience, but it's considered obsolete. So one of the things that we really have to do is go to where they're at, where our clients are at. You don't have to try and be 20 and rap with them or whatever, but you have to show them that you are relevant to where they are at right now, that you can enter into the conversation in their head and that you get them. Mm-hmm. When you get them, then then you know. but, yeah, right? that's brilliant. Yeah, that's so good. It's not the case. It's the case for everyone. It's we have to lead with relevance. Yes. Because it's the first objection in people's heads. And, and, you know, it's not just, it's not just younger people. I just perfect example. I was talking to a woman the other day who's 66 and I was talking to her about her vision, big vision for shifting perception around mental health and, and really passionate about it and wanted to accomplish certain things. We defined her, her goals for her business. And I said, okay, so what's the time frame on this, right? You're 66. Where are you at? How soon do you want to accomplish this? And she said, well, I'd like to go really hard for, and she paused for a moment. And in my head, I heard myself say two or three more years. Yeah. And she said, I'd like to go really hard for maybe 10 more years. And then I'd like to slow down a bit. (laughs) I love it. I, I laughed and I recognized even I who work in this field and who am, you know, bodacious and still rocking and rolling had that immediate prejudice of, well, she's 66. She doesn't want to slow down by the time she's 70. Oh, she just wants to slow down maybe a bit at 77. Right. And so, or 76. So I, um, it's a, it's a pervasive, sometimes subtle, sometimes not, um, obstacle that we simply need to address in our marketing in our sales in our positioning, um, just like everybody needs to handle the unsaid and unseen objections, huh. we just need to tackle that one first, relevance. I love it. So we could go on forever. I think I may have to have you come back, Jeanette, because this conversation is amazing, but we do need to wrap it up. Yep. And uh, I want to say thank you for your wisdom. And there's a lot of food for thought there for us. Um the uh, maturepreneurs, but also for the younger people that are listening and, you know, wonder if they've been, you know, uh, uh, thinking that perhaps just because someone is older, they're not as relevant. And I think they need to rethink that for sure, especially with how hip we are, of course. Anyway, (laughs) so um, thank you for being here. Thank you for your wisdom and your expertise. And how can my audience find you? Well, they can go to bodacity.ca, B-O-D-A-C-I-T-Y, which by the way is bold plus audacious. I didn't make it up. It's a real word. I know. But they can go there. And if you're if you don't believe it, you can go buy bodacious wine. Um uh, the other thing is so bodacious or bodacity.ca. 
you can also um, reach me on LinkedIn and I have a Facebook group called the Purpose and Profit Sisterhood. So come and join us there. And I have the Purpose and Profit podcast, Purpose and Profit Sisterhood podcast. Um, but also in the new year coming soon to an Apple or Spotify platform near you is the Maturepreneur podcast. Uh, so whichever you are, uh, please come and listen. We'll have content for you. And uh, just reach out, send a smoke signal, something, you'll find me. Go look on social media. I'd love to talk to you if you are someone who is ready to make your next leap then pitter patter let's get at her love it thank you again Jeanette thank you so much and thank you for being here and listening if you like what you heard please let us know and remember to stay connected and be remembered thanks for joining us if today's show inspired you to make a new connection why not start with me head over to LinkedIn and connect with me be sure to let me know you are a podcast listener because I select one listener each month who connects with me on LinkedIn for a complimentary profile audit. And you know, I love to meet new people. So I hope you take me up on it. Don't forget to stay connected and be remembered.